and hi, welcome to the Drum Corps Podcast. Gary, why don't you start us off? Hello, everybody. Happy finals week, and welcome to another episode. We're very excited to be talking about food today. Um, so without further ado, let's get into introducing our distinguished panel. Uh, Becca, why don't you start us off? Hi, uh, I'm Becca Cole. Uh, I worked with Crown. This is uh, my ninth year with Crown. Awesome. And Kira, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Hi, uh, I'm Kira. I've been involved with Cascade since 2015, including volunteering on the food truck. So, yeah. And last, but certainly not least, the great Lori Anderson. Hey, I'm Lori Anderson, and I've done one year with Pacific Crest, and my two daughters both marched Pacific Crest, one aging out last year, one should be aging out this year. Nice. So, um, for this for this podcast, we're gonna, we have a couple of series we're trying to do. We just ended a regional one where we just kind of talked East Coast, West Coast, uh, Midwest Drum Corps, as well as Texas, just Texas. Um, and we're going to kind of move into a couple different series. Uh, just pay attention. The podcast is about to change, as we've been mentioning some other spots. Um, but what we're going to start doing is a series on volunteers. And since we have a ton of time to talk about volunteers, instead of just doing one episode where we talk about all the things that volunteers do we really want to have some time to kind of like dive into like what each person does as well as we move into kind of the ambiguous season moving forward how we how you can go volunteer stuff for that so for today we're talking something pretty concrete that only works during the season which is food i love food i have gained 20 pounds in quarantine because i love food so much as a Southerner and a Baptist, if I can't have a conversation over food with you, then I really don't love you. So, like, it's just one of those things. It's a staple of who I am. But it's also a staple of Drum Corps because as we're in the 21st century, we're realizing the amount of calories you have to have. And we start, we're starting to treat our performers like athletes. So, what we did for this episode is we brought some awesome people um, that are either in charge of the food truck or just volunteering or somewhere in between. What We're just going to talk tonight about, like, why they got into it what they do, some awesome stuff behind the scene as well, and as well as talk about some of the ways that you as members um, and parents can kind of advocate for yourself um, as we try to figure out how to actually have a healthy diet and do drum corps. Because the, the days of, I just got a bagel and some water and I'm gonna tough it out, that that's not acceptable anymore. And yeah, so. We're just going to kind of talk about that, but to start off, we're just going to kind of go favorite. I'll start off with mine. We're just going to talk favorite meals, of, I guess, and for y'all, we'll just do favorite meals you get like that the members like, and then I hear Becca has a core favorite meal that is one of her least favorite meals to do. So before we sick the entirety, of, before the, we sick the entirety of Carolina Crown 2012 through 19 on Becca, I'll 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 soften the blow. One of my favorite foods I ever got was uh, biscuits and gravy. Um, I like this specifically when I marched cadets too, because uh, one of the moms I'm guessing was Southern, because the Pennsylvania uh, moms just bought a can of biscuits and gra- of gravy, and she went, mm-mm. she handmade gravy in a big old pot, um, and I I, can't, I really wish I could remember that volunteer's name, uh, but all I know is she knew my face, and every day when I march front ensemble, I get three spoonfuls instead of one. And Jay just threw extra biscuits on me because I just loved it so much. And so, like, as a drum set player, to just start the day full felt great. I tried that when I did Melophone the next year and didn't go very well. So, uh, I guess, Gareth, before we go on our guests, what was your favorite food? Like, at Coats, Blue Knights, or Cadets 2? 
I think uh, for me, something that I really missed on tour and something that really made a big difference is when there was really good rice. It was just sort of that like simple thing, just the okay. um, having the, that staple cooked well made a big difference. Um, but I think I, I overhyped chicken patties in retrospect. I probably shouldn't have liked them so much, but I think everyone was just so hype about that meal that it just made me like it even more just because everyone else was hype. Um, so those two, and of course the cadets two pulled pork, I think are are some of my favorites. So uh, we'll we'll end with Becca last, the bombshell. So uh, Lori, <laughs> what do you got for uh, what was your what was your favorite food? I guess to like that the members loved at Pacific Crest, and was that also your favorite food to actually make? Uh, there's a couple things. The for dinner, the Parmesan chicken, the kids loved it. We even had parents trying to get a hold of us to get the recipe after, <laughs> and then of course uh, pizza bagels. Can't go wrong with pizza bagels. Uh, I'm, before we go to Kira, homemade pizza bagels? Yes. We would slice, make 800 pizza bagels. Slice all those bagels, had boxes and boxes of bagels. The kids would come out and, you know, you'd spend hours making them and they'd be gone in two minutes. Oof. Drum core. Yep. So- so I guess Kira, uh, and for those who don't know, this is Kira Pattinson. She was on our mental health episode in the past. So hi, welcome back to the show, Kira. Uh, but she also started her drum corps career Hello. as a food volunteer. So uh, we're, we brought her back on to kind of talk about what it's like to volunteer and then also transition to being a member with that. So what was, I guess, your favorite food like as a member that you like to see? Um, as a member, I well, just in general, I really like breakfast food. So whenever we'd have like french toast or pancakes that was always like my favorite because i'm like oh yes breakfast food but uh, i think probably my other favorite one would be uh, we've had like ham with gravy and mashed potatoes before and that's like that was like my other favorite it was just so good and like applesauce too oh Oh, yeah oh white or dark gravy I can't remember. I just ate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. I'm just trying to think. I've never put just because it's salt. <laughs> That's fair. So, Becca, uh, yes. what is the Carolina Crown staple dish? All right. Well, the most requested meals were like tater tot casserole, chicken patty day. Um, I even had like requests for desserts. Um, I started doing the honey bun cake back in 2015, and that seems to be kind of carried on Ooh. year after year. Um, like even kids who like aged out in like 15 or 16, even 17, uh, they came back like the following year and they'd be like, Hey, like I really missed your Gatorade cake. And since they would be at the rehearsal site, like that day, I would actually make them like a quick little cake. And then I would like put it in a container for them to take home. Um, so those were kind of like the most requested, like desserts would be like Gatorade cake, honey bun cake, crownies, brownies. What's a, um, what's, a, had, like, what's a Gatorade cake? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. yeah, Gatorade cake, I would basically just take like yellow cake mix or white cake mix and then, you know, use water and put in like mix it in with like Gatorade powder. It's actually really good. <laughs> and then I would just ice oh it with God. like uh, white, um, uh, what was it, uh, powdered sugar. Just mix it up with either water or milk and then just kind of ice it over. So that quickly that sounds so good. It's really good. It was. <laughs> it's still like one of the most requested desserts by Crown. That so. sounds both terrible. Can I like and good sneak at the same over. It's. Can it I was like... surprising. It was like one of those. Like I wanted to do like a new dessert, so I just kind of tried it and it worked. So there's this one I... kid who uh, who 
didn't come back for his age out year because he took an internship elsewhere. We were in Atlanta and I found out that he was coming, so I made him his own Gatorade cake to take home. What flavor Gatorade? Uh, oh, all the kinds. Uh, I would do like uh, Blue Freeze. Uh, I think it's Fruit Punch, Key Lime. Wait, that's a. I didn't know Key Lime was a flavor. Oh, I'm I'm big on the limes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the lime was so good. Uh, yeah, I've had like kids like message me for like any sort of recipe. I even had a couple of vegetarians ask me to write a cookbook. So I wrote like a 30 page cookbook and send it to them. So that's always fun. And before we just move on to the next section, Becca Cole, if you had one dish at Carolina <laughs> Crown that you that you could just abolish and get rid of. <laughs> what would it be and why? I don't want to say it because I know it's their favorite. Just personally, for me, it's not my favorite to make on the food truck. So okay, I, I was set, I was setting up a little bit too much, but so what? So why are you not a fan of making tater tot casserole? I just, think just because I've done it so many times over the years. You know, I've I've been there nine years now. Um, I don't know. It's just I'm also um, one of the ingredients in, uh, requires cream of mushroom soup to be mixed with beef. I am not personally a cream of mushroom fan, so that's like, it's just meh to me. But I will do it anytime, all day, every day, if that's what the kids want. Well, not every day, but you know what I mean. I'll do it because they love it. Well, I guess then my question with that is, I'll, I'll leave this open for anybody. It's kind of, I guess, we, we talk about the traditions of drum corps. Like I've mentioned in our, like, my favorite thing is when I, there's a stripe on a cadet's uniform. I love it so much. Like I see it from a distance and I just get very excited. Uh, but and I feel like food is the same way as well where, um, you know, we have like the food that we go to. Uh, another one, another staple for cadets is the spaghetti. Um, I got to actually make that when I went to volunteer uh, this past winter. And like that was just to be on the other side of like, I was like, oh, it's spaghetti. Then I ate it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm thinking back to like my hot summers. Uh, but as you just mentioned, you've been making the kind of the same dish for like nine years. How do you, I guess, and Lori, I know you're newer to touring, and Kira, since you've been around the activity long enough, and Gareth, I guess, you know, we're technically old men now. So like, how how does the food truck stay fresh um, with their recipes? Is it just you go to the book and you just do the same thing every single time? Or are you looking for variations? Or have you tried something new and the members are just like, no, don't do that. So like, how do you... How does the food truck evolve over the years with our activity? Um, I think for, at least, you know, for me, like what I did is I would look at the, we have what's called a food truck Bible. It was created like when Crown's food truck first started back in the 1990s. Um, and I would kind of look through it and see like what the kids made or, you know, like whatever was made for the kids at that point. And I would just kind of experiment, you know, to see if they like this, if they like that. And if they liked it, then I would keep it. Um, if there was something that they didn't like, which wasn't too often, then I would just get rid of it. Okay. I guess, Kira, how is that as a member? Have you, I know since you've been inside the food truck, especially at Cascades, have you been able to tell when they're trying something new? Or is Cascades pretty, not, I, I don't mean this in a bad way, like repetitive, like we just kind of stick with the standards, or would they ever, did they ever try something new? Um... I think part of it too is like every year we've had different people running it. Like I know the the two main people who do it during camps um, in the past couple, they used to do it like when I volunteered, they were in charge, but in the past couple of years, they haven't necessarily been on tour. So you can like tell when there's someone new in the track. Like last year, 
um, the guy who was running it used a lot more rice than we had in previous years and used stuff like with that. Um, but I know in 15, we made uh, shepherd's pie once and I was really excited about that. And I think, well, I also don't remember much from that summer because <laughs> it was a long time ago, but I think people liked it. I was excited about it, but. Yeah, I think, I think the, the first experiment we did at C2, the only, I think, I think Gareth will confirm it was the biscuits and gravy. And I being the, like one of two members from below the Mason Dixon line. And then after that, one of the few, the only members that was like lived below Virginia at some point in my life, I went like ham on that food. But like, no one, like all the, all the Yankees were just like, why would you put gravy for breakfast? I'm like, just eat it. <laughs> and so. Yeah, with Pacific, Pacific Crest, <clears throat> we have our menu book, that giant Bible. And we'd go through that, and then they would try to create the menu um, and not repeat anything for at least three weeks. So when you're going through, you're not going to be repeating the same thing, so they're really not going to get tired of something. And then for our age-outs, uh, the last age-out breakfast, they made our biscuits and gravy, made the biscuits from scratch and, and did biscuits and gravy. So you'd have loved that one. Nice. Yeah, Crown, I mean, like, Crown, they pretty much do the same thing, like making sure it's not repetitive so that way the kids mm -hmm. enjoy it more. And then, like, typically what we do is for, like, our last big meal, right before we get into Indianapolis, uh, the night before prelims, we do, like, a big steak dinner. So we get, like, ribeyes for everyone, like, a full of big potato bar. I make, like, individual cupcakes for everyone, like, 50 chocolate, 50 vanilla, 50 strawberry, 50 confetti. And, you know, like, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to have, like, those traditions, especially for the age-outs. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I've, I've, <laughs> I've heard... I, I know I told you this phrase yesterday, but my friend Guy, who was one of the snares in 15, after marching a couple of quarters, he says, yeah, Crown feeds you fat. And, like, with the biggest smile on her face. And so, like, he's just, now hearing it's just like, yeah, we got a bunch of steaks and stuff. It's just like, I can definitely see what he was saying now. Because I'm pretty sure he actually gained weight that summer marching with y'all. Because, like, in 15, the snares were sprinting. And so, I don't know. I just thought I'd, like, give you that confidence. Because I've also, also, from the time I spent with some of the Crown staff, all of your volunteers, it's just... You guys do very well with the food. And I think that's like something that I'm enjoying that I'm seeing across the board. I'm not seeing at least post-2018 too many complaints. Uh, I know Gareth and I, I know Karis as well. We're in a couple like member center drum corps friends groups uh, and pages. I don't know why I'm still in there. I'm 28, but they keep adding me to them. So cool. But like I haven't seen over the last few summers people actively complaining about food like they used to in 16 and 17. So I feel like as a whole, drum corps is kind of become more aware of how to properly feed kids and i guess before we go into like daily life how did that transition happen i guess for y'all and i guess kira as well as like how do you see that reflected was that something that dci told y'all that you had to do to uh basically for start providing more more healthy meals more accommodating for um allergies and stuff or is that just something your organizations already had you just amplified to make it more available for everybody uh, I think at Cascades, it kind of started, like, I remember in Cascades, like, before, so, like, I got into drum corps because I volunteered. I didn't know what drum corps was before then. So I remember um, going to, like, move-ins because they were at my high school, and I was, like, checking it out, and the food staff was telling me, like, yeah, like, they need to eat, like, 10,000 calories a day or something, like, some ridiculously high number. And I was like, whoa, and they like, and that was in 2015. So I think they've always been aware of like how many calories you burn. Well, maybe not always like, 
but like in recent years since I've been here, they've been aware of how many calories are needed and they've tried to like accommodate that and like not accommodate, but like fit. I don't know the word I'm looking for, <laughs> but they the tried to like get, shove those calories down your throat kind of thing. <laughs> um, and I think, cause at least in Washington, like Washington is kind of the poster child for like the, like selective like people who like choose to be vegetarian and vegan and stuff so we've always had people like that and i think we've always accommodated them reasonably well but i also am not one of those people so i personally don't know but that's been my experience becca Lori. with pacific crest we have a nutritionist who comes in and takes a look at the menu and makes sure that everything that's going into the different menus the different items that it the the uh, the caloric uh, intake and all that is there, so everything is properly maintained for the kids and what they're going to need to do. Nice. So, like when you say so, the menu, like you hand him your Bible as you get to season, they take, and, and he checks everything. They're taking a look at the Bible. They're taking a look at the the three week menu that's going out and making sure that the the fruits, the vegetables, everything is is all in there. That they're getting everything they need for that day. Nice. Uh, what's do you have? Like I guess like that's that's interesting to me. You have like an example of like an adjustment they made, or was Pacific Crest pretty good at actually keeping every up to date with anything? Uh, they're really good at keeping everything up to date. Whether the kids are going to take the vegetable for that day, but everything is out there for them to take. We're you know we're recommending make sure you're eating your fruits and vegetables. Um, so some of that it just will vary on what the kids are going to take. But other than that, yeah, they're they're making sure that they're just not getting hot dogs every day. That they're actually getting a a well rounded meal you know, four times, four times a day. And Becca, how did I, I know, I know we're talking about the more modern stuff, but since you've been around since like 2012, um, and I know you were kind of on the younger side, but I, I remember you saying you started doing more like running the truck stuff when you turned like 17, 18. But so how has this transition been from, I guess the historic drum corps stuff of just like feeding the kids air and water? Uh, was that a transition that was happening in this decade or has crown just always been one of those super solid, the members are always fed style organizations. Uh, when I came in in 2012, um, everything was honestly just super solid from the very beginning. Um, it was the year that uh, Lori Oakley, that was her first year as the food truck manager. So I was with her for uh, however long she ran it. Um, let's see. Oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. Uh, it was someone else who ran it in 2012. Um, I didn't tour in 2012, but in 2013, that's when Lori Oakley took over. So I learned mostly from her. And uh, I, I felt like everything from the very beginning was like, it was very super solid. And uh, just like Pacific Crest, like right before we left for tour, I wrote out the entire menu for the entire summer. And then like, I would write down all the quantities and how much we would need for, you know, people who were, um, who could eat meat, people who are vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, um, even like tomato allergy or, you know, uh, nut allergy. Um, and we'd have like a nutritionist and the AT staff look at it, like all our medical staff, they'd look at it and approve of it. And if they had to make any adjustments, then we would. Um, otherwise, it was good to go. So that way we knew ahead of time what it was throughout the entire summer. Something that uh, occurred to me as we were preparing for this episode is that um, the daily lives of the food staff is actually relatively mysterious. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like I know a lot of cores, they post their daily schedules every single day of like when uh, the core is rehearsing and where. Um, but I know when I was a member, I would wake up early for field lining and the 
people were in the food truck preparing breakfast. They were already there. And then when I went to sleep, there were still people in the food truck cleaning up. Um, so what is an average day like? And do you ever get to sleep or are you just in the food truck 24 seven? Team, no sleep. <laughs> sleep is for the week. Well, uh, no, it's not. I need a lot of sleep. <laughs> so uh, if you go and if you look at the promotional photos, I guess we'll start with you, Kira, since one of the photos we literally have is Kira asleep on a food truck. So uh, so what is that day like for y'all? Like I hear I've heard like the butt crack of dawn and stuff like that. But like wh- wh- when you guys start your day, like how does that work? Uh, well, in 15, like, granted, I didn't know how to sleep on a bus yet, so any sleep I did get would be the sleep that we got on the ground, which was, like, not much. <laughs> um, but, uh, like, on tour, we would, you know, drive all night, we'd set up the truck when we got there, and then maybe go to sleep for, like, an hour or two. Um, there were some days where we got there and we just had to start making breakfast, but also, like, this was before, well, I don't know if it was before, like, the eight-hour, like, mandatory eight hours of floor time. But it was definitely, like, before that was kind of taken seriously. I mean, like, gave the members that. We didn't get it. (laughs) But, um, and then we'd make breakfast. And the year I volunteered, there was four of us. And two of them who kind of, like, they were the ones who ran it. And then it was me and another guy volunteering. They would alternate breakfast. But me and the other guy did all four meals every single day the entire tour. And we'd, like, get up, make breakfast, serve it. I would always do the dishes because I was like 16 and I like couldn't, I didn't know how to cook because I'm 16, but um, I would always end up doing the dishes and then we'd make lunch, serve lunch, clean up lunch, and then just rinse and repeat. And that was kind of it all summer. The only thing I saw traveling the country that year was the inside of the food truck. (laughs) That's food truck life for you. Yeah, but that honestly, I'm actually kind of glad that I did that before I marched because it kind of gave me like a sense of what drum corps itself, like I didn't know what it was. Like, I I thought they were woodwinds for a really long time. <laughs> um, but uh, we gotta learn me, eventually. Yeah, and it gave me a bigger appreciation for what goes into it because I, you know, I, any downtime I did have I would, like the admin were around and they would be talking about like oh this came up and we need to problem solve and it gave me a bigger appreciation of what goes on behind the scenes so now when I march um, I know there will be some people who like haven't volunteered well what there's not really anyone who's done this but they'll be like oh like why are we doing this this doesn't make sense like this is so inconvenient and like they're doing their best it's like this is hard <laughs> yeah like yeah, and I yeah, I'm really glad I did it before I actually started marching because if I think if I went straight into marching, like I would not enjoy it and I would not be here. <laughs> yeah, but. I think it's it's one of those. I definitely like I marched when I was 24 and 25, and cadets too, very much was a baby cadets corps, and so there's a lot of things that did the same. And so I love my food crew, and I also learned very quickly that if your food crew loves you, they give you more food. So it's just, it's one of those, so like, not trying to say like it was a give and take relationship. No, I'm kidding. But like, no, it's, I think that's definitely a thing of like, since, I know since I was older and like whenever a younger member would just be kind of like, why are we getting this? And Bob, I'm like, dude, do you actually know like they didn't sleep last night? I only know this because like the front ensemble didn't leave our practice area till like 1230 and they were making noise at 1230 
And then I woke up and went to the front ensemble room and started working at 7.30 and they were still going. So like, I slept somewhere in there and they slept somewhere in too if that's what happened. So it's just like, I, I know at least as a member perspective, it was, I always love my food crew because again, I need my food. And plus our, our volunteers at C2 were just awesome. Just great people. I know the Wassels, like I'm missing those guys and it's like there's just smiling faces. And I guess um, on top of being the food people, I guess Becca and Lori, how do you guys feel? I know like I'm seeing a bunch of like in the chats and stuff like that. Um, a lot of your kids, I'm guessing that are your actual kids, Lori. But I know like um, I, I, I hear the the, um, the pronouns mom and dad thrown a lot to specifically food crew people. Um, and I know Becca, since like we're close in age, I guess I'll start with Lori first. It's like it's odd because like I, I've, I've heard that Pete just said to you at Crown was just like, you're only like a year or two older than them and they they look up to you so highly. So I guess like, Lori, what's that kind of like to basically all of a sudden be the mom to like 150 people? Is it? Well, is I, it... Had, I had started out being the band president with the high school. And so oh, okay. I was mom. I, I was Mama Lori, Mama Anderson, um, you know, for a lot of years. But being there and, and having those kids, it, it's, it is a good feeling. You know, I would greet them like they were my own and just keep an eye on them. Although, you know, it's, it is a summer for them to, to grow up and mature. But, you know, they are out there and sometimes missing things from home. And, and sometimes they just need that smiling face. And so it, it was a good feeling. And, and I, I mean, I truly, truly, truly miss them right now. And so a lot of them still follow me on Facebook, on, on my Instagram. And so I'm still communicating with them and uh, keeping, in, keeping in touch. So yeah. that's the nice part about it, being the mom. Yeah, and Sabrina Anderson, by the way, says, I love my mom, and I hope she loves you. Uh, so, uh, and I guess Rebecca, I guess I, I know, like, that, that atmosphere very much is there at Crown from the from the short time I was there. But I also know Crown does, like, makes an atmosphere of their food. I know, like, your food, like, your schedule lineups normally are, like, themed and stuff like that. So what are some things that Crown does to kind of create that family atmosphere, but also, like, kind of give the members, like, a five-minute not-think-about-band feeling when they come to get food? Oh, yeah. Um, so at Crown's, like, we want to make the kids excited about what they're eating. Um, so, like, I would basically, like, create a menu that they would, like, get excited about. Like, I remember last year, we had a lot of kids. We had, like, over 400 kids our November camp, and we did, like, a full-on, like, sandwich bar. And I hear multiple kids, ironic, you know, from the pit, actually, who had said, I'd never seen this much food in my entire life. And, like, they just got so excited. Um, but I kind of found that like if you make uh, certain food, they get like really excited about it. Like uh, when I was the manager for 16, 17, and 18, um, I did a specific theme each week that the kids would get super excited about. So like one year I did uh, a theme called like Toy Story. So I did like, you know, like um, what's it called? Like pizza, planet pizzas and oh. like little ham sandwiches. You know, just like really cute stuff. And then I like buy all the decorations and I, I had decorations for every theme on tour. So it's like, aside from the suitcase, it's like you got another big old bag full of decorations to put out each week. And that's just for some reason, just like it made the kids like super happy and they just really love coming to the food truck. It always helps too, like having music in the background because they, a lot of the times uh, they would just kind of dance and sing along to it. So I think it's really important to have that type of atmosphere for the kids where they can just come to the food line they're excited about what they're seeing. They can sing along or dance along to the music and just have a good old time. Yeah, I think uh, something that uh, you mentioned, like 400 people at 
camps and stuff like that and especially those audition camps where you get uh, so many people how do you um approach getting all their information about dietary restrictions and um do you have like this huge spreadsheet of all the vegetarians and vegans and since a lot of these kids you probably don't know because it's early on in the season how do you uh track them down and make sure they're they're getting the right the right meals um so um nancy coates who is the tour manager for crown um she gathers all the information so like whenever they're filling out their forms they have to put in if they have any specific allergies the most common one that we see is nut allergy um and then you know if there's anything that's not listed they can put it in the other um so in that case uh the first night of audition camps every single night they have a, what's uh, a core meeting and then jim coates talks about what's going on for the camps and introduces what crown is about and then nancy gets up and she talks about whatever else um and then she tells the kids like if you have anything food related wise you know please find becca at the food truck or at least you know find a volunteer and you know try to figure out what's going on in the food truck so i'm really lucky that basically most of the kids came right away to the food truck to let me know and then i just kept a note of who it was and um i have like i can remember faces and names really well so as the camps kind of progressed like i got i got to know the kids a lot more and I would kind of recognize that like, if someone was missing from a camp and then it'd be like, hey, like, is this person here? It's like, no, they're not here anymore. Or they, you know, they had like a college final exam or something like that. So just, uh, I'm really lucky that, you know, Nancy from the very get-go, like get, basically get, like, gets me a list, especially towards uh, spring training. And, you know, just keeping track of everything is really important. I've only had, yeah, yeah. I've only had one conversation with her, but like she's, that was a very organized conversation. And so I... I like my my little time at Crown. Nancy just seemed like super on the ball, so I just want to shout her out for that. She is. She's amazing. <laughs> I think she's in yeah, the chat at, as well. So, what was that, Lori? At Pacific Crest, Ed Martin is our our manager, and then our our kitchen manager, Carol. She they would just keep everything so organized, and it the only difficult part was for like the audition camps where you didn't know really who was coming, or some kids that would show up on the day of audition and then have some sort of an allergy. So you're up constantly updating that list as to who's present and what type of uh, meals you're going to be doing but yeah. there are days that you are cooking for one gluten-free and one vegan and 12 vegetarian and one you know tomato like you said becca one tomato allergy but you mm -hmm. you are catering towards all the all the different members so um, it also helps too like right before you start to have like right before audition camps start to happen it's always good to have a backup plan because you already know like you're going to have some sort of gluten-free you're going to have nut allergies so usually like i don't know if you do this lori um but i would usually have the admin like pick up like some sort of like lactase milk or gluten-free bread you know just to always be prepared for that yeah so uh, lori, uh so lori what is uh your strategy at these camps for finding students who have gluten allergies or vegan so i know i know like at cadets uh i'm at, at cadets um me uh I, I, I was watching uh her name is like cheryl would walk around and go find people um I believe it was cheryl uh, it was some of them uh, there was a lot of people at the cadets camp that was a ton of people but you have an interesting strategy to find to the individuals who have allergies or religious requirements what, what do you do if if we didn't find them before it was meal time i stepped out up on the top step and i would holler their name and <laughs> Just tell them to come on up and see us and come talk to us. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is, um, at least remember, is we do kind of want to go for this next section. 
not to like this isn't and I'll, I'll put a little bit of a sea warning here this is not meant to like make people feel bad or call people out but it's it's from what i'm hearing from the food truck and especially from uh crown i know cadets i can verify that and pacific crest they have the list of information and when you audition your food allergies are mentioned um i know we'll, we'll talk a little bit about like if you're religious as well there is a section you can put I think you guys said uh, for the food, like you have a food requirement part of contracts and audition stuff where it will say, uh, Becker, what, what is the sections for the food? Uh, what, how, does, how is that listed for audition camps and stuff? Yeah, just something like food allergies or dietary restrictions. Yeah. And so from that food allergy section, if you don't put anything, I'm not trying to say that's all your fault. But um, as a special education teacher, one of the biggest things that I actually try and teach my students isn't how to survive school is how to be a self-advocate. I have ADHD and a speech impediment, and I also have some social skills that I just lack and some soft skills. It's up to me to self-advocate for myself that if I'm actually having a moment where my disability is taking over, I might let somebody know that, but it's also up to me to not let that situation happen very often. The same can be said about your allergies and your dietary restrictions that like, if you know you have a peanut allergy, and you know it's a contact allergy, not necessarily like if you just go around peanuts and you don't like the cores might move the peanut butter jelly station. Um, but if you don't tell the cores that and you're in the middle of Iowa and your EpiPen, the core doesn't know you need that. We're in a really bad spot for this next section. Don't mean to say anything bad. We just how do you guys work with that? And I, um, I guess Kara or Gare, if you want to hop on this, how do your individual cores teach self-advocacy when it comes to food and is there a way that we can kind of maybe improve upon it or do you think the system we currently have works uh what do you guys think about that topic um well i think crown is like the crown members um like the members they make everyone who's new they they make them feel very welcome um if they have any sort of questions or maybe something that they are not sure what to talk about or who to go to all of the um, crown members they'll always kind of point them in the right direction of like hey like you can go talk to this person you know like it's completely okay like she's not gonna reveal you know whatever you have um so it's like we always create like an open safe environment for the kids to come talk to us like in case they're embarrassed about something but um and like not to sound creepy but like i kind of like watch the kids to see like what they're eating because sometimes at camps i notice like i'll watch some kids who are like oh like i'm pb and j and i'm like hmm you've been there pretty much all day today. Like, are there any dietary restrictions? And most of the time they say yes. And I'm like, well, that's, that's when you come find me. So, um, I would say to like anyone who's listening right now or watching, um, if you have a specific food allergy, like make sure you tell the admin staff or tell the food truck staff, whatever it is, like we will cater to you. So never feel like you're alone. Um, or if you don't feel that way, you know, you could talk to another member and there, anyone is happy to help you out and figure it out. Yeah, I think it's uh, really understandable, especially at your first camp, to like feel kind of scared to be a nuisance or be a problem or make trouble for anyone. Um, but I promise, no core is gonna is gonna put on your audition sheet. Uh, he made the food truck get him gluten free bread or something like that. Um, I'm not so, gonna cut you for that. <laughs> yeah, no, no one's gonna hold it against you. Uh, that might actually be a civil rights problems. violation. <laughs> I think that, yeah, you could probably uh, sue for something like that. Uh, no, I'm trying to think if it's either, 
Yeah, no, that might be civil rights, actually. You could probably, if a core, um, as special education, uh, I believe it's the IDEA Act of 2004? Oh, wow. 2004. That's well, it's one of those that, like, if you have a disability, I know public school is required to take care of stuff like that, but I'm trying to remember if it's a civil rights or a, um, the other one that, like, or, or it'd be a discrimination lawsuit type thing mm. where, like, um, if the disability doesn't affect which an allergy technically would be i would qualify that as a disability it's something you can't do um like i can't take uh uh penicillin because for some reason it's breaking out in a rash that's a disability my body has technically so if you ever get a feeling that you got cut and they like you hear someone say it's because of your allergies uh no that's literally probably illegal i'm guessing and you could find the right lawyer to take that out so i'm not trying to say sue the drum corps thankfully i don't hear that very often but no, I can guarantee they won't cut you for that. Yeah, it's okay to need different food, and uh, I'm sure the food staff at any drum corps will be more than happy to to find something that and work with you to to find something that that you can eat. I mean, no matter what drum corps you're from, at the end of the day, it's all drum corps. We're all family, so we're right. gonna be there for each other no matter what. A bunch of weirdos that love band. <laughs> so, um. What's some of the things that go into, um, like actually making the menu for someone? Um, I think we I think we said like the main ones are like gluten free, ve vegan, vegetarian. I also know uh, halal or kosher um, are starting to become more popular as the activity becomes more inclusive. Uh, so like, I don't want to I I I don't want to word this like is it a hassle? But how like I guess like to kind of make those members feel more safe. How difficult is it to actually like? prepare food for various uh, dietary restrictions is it is it like difficult or is it simply as just like one batch like you just don't put all the ingredients in some of it is 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 like that you're just not putting everything in but it's a lot of safety um especially with vegan in the kitchen you are changing out your gloves you're you're using different utensils you're using different pans you're making sure nothing touch touches something that is going to be in those ingredients um, it's a lot, a, a lot, a lot of uh, label reading. I've learned a lot about different things that are and aren't vegan, aren't vegetarian, different, you know, it's like, oh, well, can they eat butter? Can they have eggs? But that one, can, you know, it's, I oh, learned yeah. a lot. If you want to know about food, food truck is the way to go, man. <laughs> I learned more about food truck than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I think some of the foundation of cadets, like, it's even uh like the volunteer that touches the vegan food is sometimes different for for um that's what we did um so like when they were making something uh the person that was like i can't remember it was like grilled cheese or something or like spaghetti no spaghetti uh whenever we moved it we just made sure it's like hey uh this person hasn't touched anything yet just go put on gloves can you just go grab this so we can make sure we actually know where it is and that like you're assigned to like find to transport that food and stuff like that uh, Kira, how is it at Cascades uh, for stuff like that? Like, is it? So I'm gonna say that, like, when they say logistics and like, there's normally like the two tables and stuff. Like, is the like the gluten free? Like, how far away is it? Do you guys um, do those members that eat that? Do they still go to the food truck area, or is there like around the back, or like where is it? Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. Just because doesn't apply to me. Um, I think they just, they keep it on the truck. So they'd be like, hey, if you're vegetarian, like come to the truck, like it's it's here. So it's okay. in the same area. It's just like, you gotta go in the truck. Okay. Not bad. Then the volunteers are the ones that touch the food. Okay. Um, yeah. And I think like 
part of it too is like we just don't get that many volunteers i think like especially to work on the food truck just because it's so time intense time intensive like <laughs> i know words <laughs> um like people i don't know like a lot of people can't just like up and leave the whole summer and then as like we get out of the pacific northwest we don't really get that many volunteers later in the season either so it's just kind of like the same three or four people sometimes even less than that doing it all the time so it's not like one specific person does one thing i know like when i volunteered i would help out with like the main food thing and then i think one of them would make like the other special dietary needs ones but it wasn't like a specific person it was more it was one of like the two main people who would do it yeah. And at Pacific Crest, we'd have a separate table. And so if they were getting salad, the um, any dietary restriction, they would get their main items from the tables that everybody was going through. But then we had the separate table and everything had little labels by them as to what was in those different packaging. Yeah. I think at Crown, like, uh, you had a staff member at the dietary restrictions table, correct? Or was that just, that's just where we were all standing around them? I just looked that way. Yeah, it's kind of different. Like at camps, we normally bring the food inside the school. So we would have like the normal table for everyone else. And then we have a separate table and we would serve the vegetarians or whatever dietary restrictions. And uh, whenever we get on tour, if, um, you know, when we have the table set up outside, we would, you know, they go through and they can get whatever they want. But any dietary restrictions, they know to come up to the window and then we just kind of serve them from there. Yeah. I think we'll close out this section just by saying we've kind of, I think we covered the fact that Drum Corps currently should and in a lot of places is doing a very good job of providing for the food. Some things that I didn't know, um, Gatorade is actually provided free to the cores. Um, like that's, so there's, we have a, there's a partnership with Gatorade. And so like I, when I went to Crown to go volunteer, I just, we found like 30 boxes of Gatorade. I'm like, holy crap. Where'd is you guys Gatorade buy this? Or squincher? I know we use squincher. Yeah, I know yeah, a couple of years ago, at least, it was, like, squinchers the one that we get for free, not yeah. necessarily Gatorade. Yeah, I think Blue Coats is generally a squincher core. Uh, then I guess maybe it's <laughs> one or the other. That's a whole other other. episode. <laughs> yeah. I've heard some squincher interesting squincher versus Gatorade. Um, but, so it's one of those, the point being, there's a lot of deals going on with the cores. There's a lot of people that are having nutritionists. Um, without, we don't trash organizations on here, and we won't do it, but we'll just say post-2018, um, when an organization was having these issues, I think DCI is at least now having to realize that we have to uphold cores that if they're not feeding members, it's just not acceptable anymore. It's not cool. It's not effective. Some of these kids are investing like multiple thousand dollars and with, when they're in a lower socioeconomic status and they only got one drum corps summer. Is it really like like feeding a kid till like they're emaciated or have scurvy in some situations acceptable? No, it's not. Um, and I think a lot of these cores from the organizations are here across the world class. And I've heard some good stuff about open class changing recently as well. If you're in an organization where you feel like you're not being protected because of the food, please reach out. You don't have to like make a giant article or something like that. But there are people in DCI that the, org the organization of DCI lately has gotten some blowback from it. So this is one of the current things of the many things currently going on in the drum corps world that we're taken care of, including, um, I know, uh, I was talking to Becca and Lori about like, even like COVID type restrictions, which is funny because drum corps is actually already somewhat set up for COVID 
because, for instance, it's like when Phantom got hit with the norovirus in 17, uh, the stomach bug that bounced back and forth between Cadets and Crown in 18, and stuff like that, where, like, uh, I know Becca said... Uh, actually, Becca, why don't you talk about 18, where you actually had, like, a virus on tour, and how you guys felt prepared to handle stuff like that. Yeah, Crown got hit pretty badly with the virus in 18. Um, it happened right after Night Beat. It just spread like wildfire. Um, so what we did at the food truck was we had all the volunteers, face masks, hand sanitizer. Um, no one, like none of the members or even staff could touch anything. So we were serving everything. Um, we like we wouldn't let them touch plates, forks, anything like that, even Gatorade. Um, so we were pretty well prepared for that. And um, I think if we had to do something like that for next year, I feel like we're already in the right direction of what we could do. And then how could we improve from what we've already done? I know, Lori, well, uh, you said uh, Pacific Crest had some conversations as well for stuff like this. Yeah, they, they had, it was mostly about the kitchen staff that would be serving and, and not allowing the members to be touching, yeah. to touch all the, all of the stuff. And so, um, it would put a lot more, you would need more volunteers. I mean, it, it, if you only have four volunteers that day, you need two or three in the kitchen and you're going to need a lot more outside to be feeding that, that crew. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think the point we're trying to make that is it's like the food crew is really trying their hardest. Um, but like many things in drum corps as like you pick an organization because you hear they have good staff uh and then like people tend to leave organizations because of like poor staff and i know like i've heard very good things about crown's food i've actually heard like my friends say they go to audition to crown just because of the food and because <laughs> like they've looked at other organizations and thought like i can get the same thing here 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 but they feed me well like actual conversation so three cheers for pekka um Thank you. um and I so i know i can't do it without my team crown family so yeah team crown you are amazing and i love you guys and you guys are just the best and so i guess well, i'll close this section out before i toss the gear for the next one but like as important as it is to keep like the food crew is actually really working hard i know the parents are very much talking to the food crew you have to self-advocate for yourself. And I think that's one of the first times that like drum corps makes you an adult in that, like if you don't disclose your allergies, the core is actually not liable for anything that happens to you um, in certain areas. Like if you get hurt on tour and you didn't disclose a peanut allergy or something like that, you have to let the core know because then again, as a teacher that actually now works with kids in a classroom, if I don't know a medical condition a student goes through, I'm actually not allowed to do anything other than what I'm told I can do. So if the medical staff doesn't, isn't aware of that, then you could potentially have a very bad situation that was just, could be fixed back in November just by saying, hey, I have this allergy. And then again, as we've all, all heard here, you'll either have Mama Lori shouting from there, it's like, I have hand-cooked food for you, or other situations where it's just like, it could be, I know Kira mentioned like, she's got a slight lactate thing. And so like, sometimes it's just like some food, she just doesn't want to have a bad stomach that day. Doesn't want to have a bad rep. They'll like just actually have food for you and compare this saying, suck it up, kid. Like, so I don't know if anyone has any closing comments in this section, advocate for yourself. Please tell people what you have and what you need, because if that core is not providing it for you, go elsewhere. It's just that simple. And if anyone has any closing thoughts for this section before we move on to the next one. I, I think closing in that um, when our uh, section leaders would be having their meetings and that with the, the um, core director and the manager, 
um, they discussed that where the section leader would then t be able to talk to the members within their section, finding out different things about them and making sure they knew where to go, especially the new members that were coming in or people that were auditioning um, so that they knew where, where to go, whether to get, how to get food information or med staff or things like that. Yeah, and yeah. like I know I'm. Go ahead. Oh, I know I'm like a pretty, pretty shy person. Like at all my first audition camps, like I just kind of stay in my own bubble because I'm pretty introverted, which is weird for drum corps, but it works. Um, but I always feel more comfortable telling like a section leader or a vet, like people, like they'll be able to get me in the right direction. Will like come with me if I'm too afraid to like speak to someone myself, but. Yeah, so if you aren't comfortable reaching out to like food staff yourself, you can ask any, I'm sure any section leader ever would be more than willing to help you. Yeah, I totally agree with that. If, um, whether you're new or even if you're like a, um, a vet who had maybe has something going on the next year, like you've developed something else that we don't know about, um, you know, don't be afraid to tell us, you know, definitely tell someone because whatever it is, whether it's a specific food allergy, whether it's diabetes or MS, you know, we will do whatever we can to best cater you. We want you to have the best experience that we can give you. Um, and we don't want that to be a hindrance on why you can't be a part of the organization. So, you know, if, if you're embarrassed, you know, go find somebody, you know, just don't feel afraid to talk to somebody because we will always find a way to, you know, to help you and make this a really true, a truly um, phenomenal experience for you. Yeah, uh, just to sort of echo some of that, uh, the great Leanne of the Blue Coats, <laughs> who uh, fed me many meals, uh, is in the chat saying, uh, "Yeah, food crew just wants to help you be the best you can, and uh, if if the, if telling them your dietary needs is helping you be the best, then um, that's what they want to do. They want to make sure drum corps is doing well, um, and a lot of that is making sure you're eating." Um, so I know I've, I'm actually feeling like inspired to to volunteer with these conversations. So, Do um, it! It's so much fun! <laughs> I guess my oh, next sure. question is just like, can anyone volunteer? And like, what are the restrictions on who can and can't volunteer? And has because I know that's been changing over the past few years, and also might vary core to core. So how do you check whether you can volunteer, and uh, how do you go about? go about that process. So which one of you that volunteered when you were 12 wants to answer this question? <laughs> <laughs> well, when I volunteered, uh, my band director, my high school band director was the brass caption head and they had move-ins at my high school and I didn't have any plans for that summer and my parents and my band director are like really close and they like kind of trusted me with him. <laughs> They're like, oh, like, he'll make sure she's okay, kind of thing. And at the time, I think the only, like, paperwork I had to fill out was, like, the um, like the medical stuff that the members had to fill out. Like, I filled out more member paperwork than I did other paperwork because it was, like, I was a minor and all that fun stuff. But I think now there's more, like, post-18 drum corps, there's more paperwork and stuff. I wouldn't know because I'm still marching, so... <laughs> I guess, Becca, because uh, I know that uh, Crown switched to a 21 and older rule. 
Uh, and I, I know you said you were grandfathered in. So, like, what was that experience? Because, again, you've been basically volunteering all decade. Um, so what was that like when you're that age? And now how have you seen the volunteer process change over the past decade? You know, when I, I so I started with Crown when I was 15. Um, I had no idea about any sort of guidelines or, you know, what the rules were. Um, I just kind of went with my parents. It was my uh, my brother March Crown for four years. His first summer was 2012. Um, we just we, we just had to go to April camp and kind of check it out, and um, I ended up working on the food truck with them. So with Crown, um, if you're under the age of 21, um, if you have a parent with you, then you can volunteer on the food truck. Um, if it's just you, you can't be on the food truck. Um, I don't even think you can volunteer um, until you're 21 and older. Um, so if you're under 21, you want to volunteer, you know, bring a parent with you, that's fine. Um, for me, it was a little different. Uh, so like I was, I turned 16 in summer 2012. And then the following year, uh, when Lori Oakley took over as manager, she asked me to go on tour with her. Um, so she agreed to take like basically like parental supervision of me over the summer. And uh, my parents said yes. And we got the approval from Nancy and Jim, uh, Jim Coates. And um, they knew me really well. They knew my work ethic. So they said, okay. And uh, I was very lucky that I was able to do it after that. And then I took over when I was 19. Dang. So wait, so hang on. I, I've, I forgot that detail. You were in charge of the food truck at 19? Yeah. Wow. Crap. I know you said you played music. Wow. Did you ever like, first off, just get some claps in the chat for that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but second off, like, did you ever, I don't know, like since talking volunteers, not like, I, I know you said you're a front ensemble person. Which, by the way, go go team Pitt. We uh we have we matter. Go Pitt. Yeah. Um, like, did you ever feel a pull to go play? Um, was it like, did you have a desire to that, or did you just fall in love with the food side of things? That like it it was just I I've never actually asked this, so if this is I hope I'm not asking something too embarrassing, but it just no, seems that's like fine. yeah, it just seems odd um, that like to me, drum corps has so many years that you can march, but forever that I can volunteer. So like, why would you accept that at 19 instead of going on performing? Right. So I actually did audition in for the 2014 season. Um, I got to December camp and then I got cut, um, which was fine because I was I was technically like still pretty new to front ensemble. Um, so I had played sports my entire life. I played multiple sports and then I um, I tore my ACL and medial meniscus when I was 14. I was a freshman in high school and it was a nine month rehab. And I didn't want to just kind of stay at home. So I knew a lot of the band people already uh, since my brother had already been in marching band for two years at this point. So I decided to join it and I joined the front ensemble and I just really loved it. Um, so when I got into college, I really wanted to audition for Crown. I thought it would have been an amazing experience. Um, but the pit uh, text at the time didn't feel like I was quite up to the par. So um, I sent in an audition tape, the Troopers to Spread of Atlanta and they told me that their lines were already full. So I ended up going back on tour in 2014. And then uh, in 2015, it was my brother's age out year. And I just really loved being on the road with him. It was so much fun, um, especially since my brother and I are very close. Um, I decided to go on tour with him for one last summer. And then um, Nancy and Jim pulled me in right around finally and were like, hey, like we would love for you to take over. So, and it's, it's really funny because uh, right before they asked me, they actually asked my parents first if it was okay. 
<laughs> like they, they like they got the blessing and like is it okay if we ask her to take over so um my parents like they happily gave me the blessing but you know it's uh something i would happily do again in a heartbeat it's it's been like such an incredible experience of getting to meet all these people over the years whether it's volunteers whether it's staff whether it's the members no matter who comes along you always become family so it, it's truly been an, an incredible experience I know, Laura, you're kind of, um, with that family atmosphere, I know you started volunteering for your kids. And I know, um, I, I can't remember, was this your first summer last year, Pacific Crest? Yes, this was my first summer. Okay. Um, Sabrina marched four years with Pacific Crest. And Teresa, uh, Sabrina plays mellow. Teresa's on Contra. And Teresa was still in high school most of those years. And then her first year with PC, I wanted her to have a year without me, thinking that I would always be there watching or doing, you know, stuff for them. And then it was Teresa's second year that I went there. Little did I know, I never saw them on tour. You know, everybody would think, oh, you get to talk to your kids all the time. You get to see them and talk to them and love on them. Uh, sometimes people would say, did you see them today? And it was like, well, I think I saw them go through the food line, but I, you don't get to see them. And, you know, all the parents, they're not calling me. They're not texting me. It's like, I'm there and I don't even see my kids. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, I. I, I loved it. it. It was a great experience, and I'm I'm real sad that I'm not out there right now. Me yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> I think, and also like that family atmosphere of like it's kind of why people volunteer. I know like Kira and I have talked like it's why she stays of Cascades for so long, and like why she loves that organization. Of like, oh, I thought I was wearing my shirt that said family on it, but <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just imagine it says family. How about that? Hey. Um, there you go. Actually, so, our core motto is family. It's like friends and music intertwined lasting years, I think. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I like that. I take that a lot. And I also know it's just like, um, I know I've said this to Becca. It's like we're going to get into like what it actually takes to volunteer. Um, I had a student audition. Um, uh, his mom approached me and uh, we worked out a deal where I was allowed to give him a ride to camp. And like I was his private. We were doing private lessons. I've been teaching him for a few years. Um and so, like, I volunteered for Crown when I went down there. And, like, one of the things I loved about Crown um, was just, like, at least from the volunteers, I could definitely tell Becca was even, like, auditioning volunteer members. I like to think it did well. But even little things, like, I would see people get moved around. I know they talked about, it's like, hey, if you want to go watch your student perform, go take some time and do that. Little things like that where it's just, you just walk into the atmosphere. Like, it was my first drum corps camp outside of Cadets 2. And outside of cadets land and i kind of felt like a fish out of water but like i just had one conversation for i'm like oh cool anybody can volunteer and they'll find a job for everybody and they'll just get you to work and when i went up to cadets it was the same exact way uh it was the cadets crew is a lot more of the new jersey like older older crowd from that area but like it's about basically the same people that have been volunteering for the past like five ten years probably the same as every organization to be honest um yeah. but they just like found like the one job i could fit into and like i just i've loved my time volunteering and i even told becca i was just like i have no ties to crown but you guys are so family oriented and awesome that like if you guys are ever in the area and cadets aren't just because home team but like if i like crowns over there i'm like i'm going to hop in with you guys for like a day or two if i can because like it's just so fun to be there and like it's so positive i felt the same and like i felt the same at cadets and like from what I'm seeing in the chat, it's like we're seeing same as Garrus of like the Blue Coats crew. You know, Kira just had such a fun time volunteering. She went to audition. It sounds like Lori. I'm getting a lot of hello Lori's in the chat, um, and it seems like the impact all of you guys have had of your organizations. It's great. 
So, I'm a so member. Something I appreciate. Go ahead. Something I appreciated. So in 15, like I wanted to march, but I didn't know, like, when I didn't even know that it existed until halfway through move-ins, <laughs> and I didn't know brass, <laughs> um, and I wanted to march, but I didn't, and because obvious reasons. And at the end of the season, they did the banquet, and they passed out like the the year patches and all that. And um, I actually got like the member patches Aww. that year. Yeah. yeah, and I was yeah, and I got did I no I didn't get the the core necklace thing because we changed that later. But yeah, I don't know. That always just made me really happy. Like yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, I know cadets even changed it lately. Um, to like volunteers can actually start getting member jackets and stuff like that, which for those older cores is a big deal to actually like change how the jackets are handed out. Um, I don't know. Is is that the same way with y'all's course? I don't remember. I have had mine for like four years. <laughs> yeah, initially, like when I first started, it wasn't allowed. Um, but in 2016, they allowed me to get a jacket. So um, it was really cool. Like I, I had my name engraved on it and, you know, flu shock manager. So it's it's like like one of the coolest things. Yeah, I think we could get... I know the um, Brian Tool who ran the food truck. I know he had a jacket, but like getting like the member patch, like the show patch with the, because it was intergalactic. It had like space on it and stuff, and like the year. Um, oh yeah, I that think was Cascades. Was that was a good show. Yeah, it was a good show. That was a and great show. That was a space show. It was a show. great show. Okay, moving on. <laughs> that could be another episode. <laughs> um, but like getting that just made me feel like part of the family because I always felt really separated because initially I was supposed to be allowed to sleep with the members because you know like that was part of like my drum major in high school was drum major at Cascades and we were going to be bus buddies and all this and it just like didn't work out because of like schedules like I was going to have to get up two hours before everyone else and they didn't want to wake them up but getting those at the end of the season made me feel like a part of the team and I was just so I think I cried like well I cry a lot but like I think I cried like significantly <laughs> yeah I pretty much did the same like when I started getting team crown shirts um like if you volunteer a crown on tour uh you get a team crown shirt and I, I remember like my first one I texted my parents immediately I was crying I was like I'm officially a part of crown <laughs> yeah I know it uh um at Blue Nights, the whole like volunteer team like made their own shirts, um, which they they really hyped and really enjoyed. And I'm not sure, but I think they could also choose to get um, like staff or admin jackets as well. Um, um, so like be included on that order. Um, and I think there were similar things at uh, Blue Coats where yeah, even the apparel helps you uh, create that community and create that family yeah, we had we had shirts with our names on them it was it was nice so when we would show up at a show that was our shirt that we would wear so when we walked with the core we all had our k crew polo nice cool. nice colored shirt yeah. good old rule one look good uh, we, we have this mom um her name is robin robinette um she joined the 20 her her son joined the 2016 but she uh she makes uh t-shirts for the food truck crew so there, and she, it's really funny. Like there was this one uh, shirt that she made. It's a white V-neck, and it's got food taste better from a truck. So it's got the truck on the front of it, and then on the back of it was everyone's nicknames. 
So like mine is honey bun because I'm known for the desserts at Crown. My mm. mom, she's the master chef because she's amazing at cooking. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, like funny names for everyone else. Like we had this one guy who was uh, like meat lover. Um, <laughs> my dad, uh, we call him Dr. Noodle because I always had him cooking pasta. So like just like really funny names. And Robin's made us like so many different shirts throughout the year. Like one year she did Slice Slice Baby on it. Um, uh so it's you know just it's really cool to have like those like really cool special uh kitchen food truck shirts so um i'll open this up uh i am a 28 year old adult male right now uh let's say i am simultaneously in either seattle i don't remember where pacific crest is from california california i know california i don't remember where in california west coast best coast east coast get over it they're based out of diamond bar Diamond Bar. So let's say I'm in Diamond Bar, California, or I am outside Nation Ford High School in South Carolina. And I want to come volunteer for you guys. What does it take to actually be a part of that organization, to volunteer at a camp or over the tours? So what are the, some of the things I have to do? I guess well, let's just start universal things, and then we'll get more course-specific that we know personally. So I want to volunteer. Who do, who do I contact? Do I just, like, message the, the core Facebook page? Is there an email I have to send out? Do I need to co- talk to you personally? Or what can I do to come volunteer? Um, so for Crown, um, you would email Nancy Coates if you want if you're interested in volunteering. If you go to Carolina Crown's uh, website, um, they have an admins page, so you can contact pretty much any staff member there. Uh, for volunteering, go to Nancy Coates, um, and then from there she'll tell you like what the requirements are. Like if you want to help out, like that's totally fine. And then it gets a lot more specific. Like you have to be 21 and older, and um, like if you want to do like tour volunteer and stuff, you have to do like a Boy Scout training. Um, at least that's what I had to do for 18. Um, and there was something else too. Um, oh, one of the biggest things that she'll always tell you is at Crown, volunteers cannot give out any sort of medications. They cannot provide any sort of treatments for the members. Um, the only times that medications can be distributed is through the, uh, the medical staff. Um, I can also do it, but I, you know, I have to like tell the AT ahead of time, like, Hey, like this person such and such, and then they'll tell me what to do. Um, so yeah, it's just, you know, that's like one of the biggest things is volunteers cannot, uh, distribute anything, uh, like treatment or any, anything along those lines. Uh, yeah, for, for Pacific Crest, uh, normally before a camp or an audition, um, on the website, you'd be contacting Edward Martin. And normally there is a volunteer link on there and it'll list all the different times or the different meals, meal slots that you want to go in and fill in, uh, whether you're going to be staying there or not so that they can actually plan for however many additional people will be at all the different meals or at this different sites. And when you're doing that, he would then respond to you with all the different requirements. I'm not sure how it works just because I volunteered a long time ago and I'm still a member, like a marching member, but I think... There's like paperwork you have to fill out, um, but I think we. I I'm not sure about like an age requirement. I suspect there is, but I don't know for sure, so I don't want to say yes or no either way. Um, but I think we just kind of take anyone, just because we don't like, especially once we get out of the Northwest. Like I was saying earlier, we just don't get that many volunteers. Um, it's because you know we're a smaller core. Like we're not hyped up as much as those big cores. 
so we're not as well known. So if we go into an area, like with, if we hop into a school, people aren't going to go, oh my gosh, it's the Cascades. Like you would with it was like the blue coats or crown or anything. But um, yeah, I think there's an email. I forget what the email is, but it's on the website. There's a section where you can email and be like, hey, I want to volunteer and they kind of coordinate that. I'm not sure of the process, but. Yeah, someone in the chat actually says uh, email Brian Tool. So I guess that's uh, a yeah, good, Brian. good place to start as well. <laughs> Thank you, Brian Yeah, Smith. it sounds like check out the websites uh, and look for those volunteer links. I yeah, do know. There is a volunteer handbook uh, on Crown's website, so they can go to that too. I also will say uh, for cadets, um, without saying why, because we're trying to avoid that till we're ready for it, uh, post-2018 drum corps, wink, wink, uh, cadets is very hard to actually volunteer, specifically stay in the housing site. I work in education. I'm a teacher, and I've been working in public schools and marching bands for like the last five years. Uh, for cadets, uh, at least they're with YEA. I'm not sure. Um, no, it was for this season. Yeah, because I worked with them like the camp. They like quietly hadn't officially split yet, but I'd started telling people about it. Uh, what cadets have to do is it was a um, sexual harassment and a sexual assault background check in Pennsylvania. I had to pay for that uh, criminal background check. So I actually have two documents that saying I have never broken those rules in Pennsylvania. So when I was interviewing Virginia, I'd slide those across the table. They're just like, why do you have these? I'm like, banned. Um, and <laughs> the third one uh, that's kind of tricky is you actually have to get fingerprinted in the state of Pennsylvania. Um uh, or through some organizations that like are in specific areas. So like I, again, with my background check and all my stuff to work at, in a middle school in Virginia, got told, we're really sorry. This is not how the organization does things. You have to come do it with us. Um, and I believe it's an actual official like FBI background check, but only through certain channels. So like I can't go to my Lynchburg police station, get my fingerprints there. So Pennsylvania, if you want to do cadets, uh, you do have, there are some different loopholes because of some of the course history. That you have to um so basically when you contact these people they should tell you the information you will need um most background checks uh i think only cost like less than 20 bucks and for the i only had this i had to spend less than 20 for my three things um but if you go to a camp or something and you just end up not being able to get it, get it done in time um a, a volunteer just drove me to their house uh, they were super nice and they were super awesome and it was a blast just going hang out in jersey for a bit but uh, yeah, just reach out to your course because I think Kira kind of really hit a point. Um, and as I mentioned to Becca, when you guys come in my area, I will blank. <laughs> I don't have the money for planes and stuff like that. So basically, if I want to volunteer, it's going to be a lot of um, whenever Crown comes through Virginia or North Carolina and South Carolina or whenever cadets do the same. It's kind of the only time I can really go volunteer and hop on for like a day or two. But then like I have to drive with them or... I pay my wife in copious amounts of chocolate to drive me somewhere, drop me off, and then come pick me up three days later. So, like, getting some volunteers like that is hard, but you could. I know Troopers does this where they actually will pay you for a flight halfway for the season. Um, so, like, Troopers actually, you have, like, one ticket home and one ticket back every year. I used to be friends with their admin. I don't know. Are your all's course the same way for volunteers? I'm not yeah, they would sure. <laughs> They, they would fly they would fly us so yeah. when i would go when i went home after san antonio and then went back they would fly me went wherever i needed to go 
Yeah. So if you want to, if you want to volunteer and you want, and like, you're afraid, like you, you don't want to just, you just don't want to do the Midwest. You've got something to do and your kids there. You actually aren't stuck all summer. Um, and so I don't know, uh, Becca, if you want to talk about the scheduling or stuff like that, how that works, um, I guess like, and as a whole, like when I, I know we kind of talked a bit last night, when do we see the biggest lull in volunteers that like for future tours that like, I feel like camps are always fine because they're local and the alumni always shows up. But like, what parts of the summer do you, as the one doing all the, like doing some of the scheduling, having this conversation, you realize like, we really could use members because, or volunteers, because like we had like 12 cooks yesterday and we got like two today and like, this is a problem. So how does the scheduling and stuff like that work? Right. Um, So scheduling obviously varies on how many volunteers we have. Um, Usually I would say like the first three weeks would be kind of our lowest. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, not a lot of people kind of pull out with us at first. So, I mean, it's not bad though. Like we still have probably about six or seven in the kitchen, but I would say like after the third week, that's when it like really picks up and we're basically like full on the beast, which is where the volunteers sleep on. Um, so I would say like the first like three weeks or so, that'd be kind of the lull. And, um, I like the way that I do scheduling is I try to make sure everyone does like two shifts. So if someone does breakfast, I'll give them lunch off and then they come back for dinner. Um, and then sometimes too, like with the crown food truck, like I like having everything pretty much done by like lunchtime. So like, even like when breakfast is like already being served, we're already working on lunch. And then before even lunch is even served, we've already got dinner basically done. Um, so like, I like to give time for the volunteers to go off and you know whether they want to take a nap or go for a run or go take a nice hot shower go watch ensemble um i want to make sure that they're also having a good time because food truck is a very like it's a long day on the food truck you know it's 18 sometimes 22 hours depending on where you are and like what activity is going on um so i want to make sure like the scheduling is it's uh we get the job done but i i want to make sure that they're also getting uh rest and that they're you know just enjoying themselves yeah uh with with pc kind of the same thing whenever there was the ability to take a break somebody was able to go take a break most of the time it was to go take a shower um because you're not taking a shower at three o'clock in the morning but um there was a time where they gave me if i worked the late night snack then i had breakfast off but where our rv was parked i could see where the kitchen was and I just sat in my window in the RV and I just watched the kids out there thinking I wanted to be out there. I felt I, I felt bad being away and not helping. So when I'm there, I'm normally out there that whole time. But you are awake two hours before the, the core is waking up. So if the core is waking up at 7, you're out there by 5. Yep. And then if they're having their snack at 10 or 10.30 and you need to clean up, you're going to bed at 1. So you're, you, know, you are getting four hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Team no sleep. <laughs> I just, lo- I just will say this, but not to like before we move on the cure for that's like how she felt with her stuff like that. I love band moms as an assistant band director. I had some really solid moms at Rustburg, at Rustburg High School the last like two three years. And if any of them ever watch my podcast for some odd reason, I hope they hear like I had two weeks where I was the acting director, and that's why like I like that drum corps is built on volunteers because like. We had a mom that was a nurse, and so one day a kid of ours just was having something, and I was like, hey, uh, go text your mom. She's up the street. Just get her here have something, and like a mom just drove up and took care of it. Uh, we had one day where 
I had one mom that just went like, she's like, you guys want food? I went, yeah, I'd be great if, and I just sarcastically listed like these things. And all of a sudden, like five minutes later for like a drum block, just food showed up. I'm like, you know, I was joking, right? And she went, oh, I know, but I just like keeping you fed. And I feel like that's that, that attitude for like band moms, just like, and, da- and dads, because the dads are doing a lot of stuff as well. I don't want to like disclude them, but just like any band parent that's working and volunteering are just the greatest people. I've never like, and even those that like, as a logistics person, they're kind of like, I don't really see a spot to put you. Whatever spot you put them in, their enthusiasm just makes them super good at whatever they do. And some days when kids are being kids or staff is being staff and like that rep is that rep. Sometimes I guess if like that'll, that'll be your setup question, Kara, where it's just like you just go to the food truck and you just see that one uh, band parent or volunteer just smiling. How does that feel when you're just like it's Iowa, which apparently everything bad in drum corps happens in Iowa and you just you get to the food truck and you see these happy volunteers. How does that make you feel? Actually, I have a story from when I volunteered. And my Here we go! My mom's in the next room watching this, so shout out to my mom, the ultimate band mom. Hi, Kira's mom! <laughs> she won, uh, I think she got, like, volunteer of the year at Cascades this past year, but I remember in 15, I... Oh, oh congrats. Yeah, I remember in 15, um, we were in, like, Pennsylvania, and that was, like, my breaking point. Like, I was, like, 16, I was working, like, all day every day because we didn't we didn't do shifts <laughs> like we just did all of it and like i this was the heart i think this is still probably the hardest thing i've ever done like marching after this has been a breeze i'm just here to have fun but i like called my mom and like alan i remember like you know that white building that's like on the side where the cores like kind of meet up i was like by that building like crying on the phone to my mom saying like i know i'm like i'm gonna be fine in a week but right now I just really want to go home <laughs> and she talked to my dad and used like my last my dad's last like airplane miles to buy like a first class ticket to meet us in um, Indy and I was like sitting there in Indy like doing dishes because that was like my job I always did the dishes and I like turned around and my mom's like standing there and she had like surprised me and I just like h- like hugged her like I jumped on her just I was like crying. It was so oh, man. That just made my day. Like I still think about that time this past year. She like came to. I think it was Mississippi. I was gonna shout and ask her, but no, get her in here. <laughs> we'll, we'll get, just get her. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So I guess while we're waiting for Kira's mom, um, like any other member stories, stuff like that, because I feel like there's just a ton of those situations where it's just like you get to be that member is just like survival point for a lot yeah. of things. Yeah. Well, that that's what I had talked about when. I would take pictures every day of all of the different meals. And at night, when we're first finally getting back to get in your bed, I post all these pictures of the day. So the breakfast and lunch and dinner and snack so that all of the parents could actually see what the kids were eating and they knew the kids were all right. And it was a nice bonding between um, them. So when the parents would come out and I'd finally get to meet them, it was as if we already all knew each other, the whole the K crew and all of those parents. And it was it was nice that the parents could see their kids, whether they were because they weren't talking to them every day, but they were able to have that ability to have an insight as to what they were doing at least four times a day. Hello, Kira's hey, mom, who was being told yes. by the chat's name is Jane. Um, <laughs> hi. Hi, Jane. Hi, Jane. Hello. I know in 15 when I volunteered, my mom made me take pictures of the whiteboard sign every day. No, no, no. I did not make you take pictures. The parents that knew me said, please ask Kara to take pictures. 
of the whiteboard every day. And I said, well, I, I know. And they said, has Kira sent you a picture? Has she sent a picture? It's like, that's the only insight we'd have to what was going on. And, you know, these days it's much, um, social media is much better and more active. But at first it was like, that was the only inkling we had of anything that was going on. And, and I still see it on my Facebook memories. I'd share it and it was, thank you, Kira. Thank you, Kira. Thank you, Kira. Uh, so Kira said you had a story. So we're, so we're talking, we're wrapping up. We're talking about like times like volunteers or crews have been able to like step up and like help the members kind of like get through a wall. And I think you, there was a time in Mississippi or something that she was talking about. Oh yeah. You came up to the laundromat. I was trying to remember where it was. Was it Mississippi? I don't know what you're talking about yet. When I well, like last year. Yeah. The laundromat. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was was that dad's birthday yeah yeah she like flew we i don't know how this went from your side i just like walked into the laundromat and i didn't even see you at first i had i had spies <laughs> tell me where you were gonna be <laughs> yeah i had it so it wasn't just you randomly bumped into me oh, in the laundromat I, in Mississippi. well that's how it felt <laughs> to me <laughs> no i know i'm mad. that's good <laughs> So, um, I guess we'll just wrap up in this if Jane, you want to be for, be for this part. Uh, let's go toss around for closing comments. I'm just like, this is from the episode. Is there anything you missed? I guess I'll make my closing comment back to self-advocacy thing. Again, I teach special education. This is all I do. Uh, please don't, don't be afraid to like, let people know what you have or what you need. I, uh, I also know Becca even mentioned like for those international members, uh, they might cook a meal for you. I remember, or is your Becker cure? Someone talked about this like Italian soup or something. Oh yeah, yeah. In Fifteen. We had, a, we had a kid from Italy. Um, I think his name was like Danielle or something, something Italian. <laughs> and <laughs> we made like this. I, I can't remember what the soup was, but we made this Italian soup, and um, we were waiting for him to go in the line, and we're like, no, like we have to wait for him to get his soup first. Like, <laughs> and he was so excited about it. And so, like, a lot of the food truck actually takes into consideration, like, regional food. Uh, like, the, like, as, like, as Becca said, they do special nights like that. But they also, like, it's, it's, it helps them help you have a better summer. You know? Like, I like certain fruits in the morning. And so I requested that once, and they were able to show up the next day. And it was fantastic, and I actually felt better. So advocate for your own allergies and dietary restrictions so that we can, you know, actually have a good summer. Because, again, the food crew is there for you. We just told... We got people like like Jane here, Kira's mom, that just would fly across to go see their kid. And those are the same people that are actually both coming to volunteer and are currently volunteering that, like, would borderline die for members. We haven't even got to the med staff side of the food crew people <laughs> or that, which we'll do a, we're going to do a med staff episode next. Just, like, how much they really care about stuff. So my thing is just advocate for yourself um, and just talk to your food crew because uh, that's how you get your second scoop of food. There's my little two cents. I guess, uh, Laura, if you want to go next, let's go around the circle. Sure. Um, Volunteer. You know, you've got 154 members out on that field. And just one day, just one day, because one day, one day is going to turn into a whole summer. But (laughs) just just one day, come out and volunteer and and you'll see what goes on. And you just know what these kids need. And uh, it'll 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 do good for your heart. Kira and Jane, anything you two want to add? I was just asking, asking Kira if you, if you guys had talked about mom hugs. I trying to remember how a couple summers ago I was in sewing things, and, and this girl comes in and says, "Can I have a mom hug?" 
and they're like, what is that? I'm really missing my mom right now. Can I have a mom hug? And I said, okay. You know, and I thought, and then at the food line, it's like, you're like can I have a mom hug? And it was like, sure. It's like generic mom here. Just, you know, okay. I but it was amazing to see the kids that were just like, I know you, you are that person, you're that role, and I'm missing that role in my life. And so it was the kids I didn't even know. <laughs> it was like, but they, they're just, I need that connection from that role that I don't have right now on this, this yeah. summer is maybe their first summer away. It was, it was really sweet. Yeah, I think, like I said before, I think volunteering was, volunteering before I marched was something that, you know, might not be able to happen now, but that's something that I appreciate. And I, now I have a better understanding of like the behind the scenes of drum corps. So now I get like when frustrating things are going on, like on the field, I'm like, okay, like there's probably more to it than more to it than I know. And a lot of people don't think like that. And I think, I think it's important to volunteer for like not even a course that you've marched. Like if the core comes to your area, volunteer for them anyways. Like I, I know like at Cascades and probably other lower placing drum corps, we don't get as many volunteers as some of the, the bigger ones do. And that's, it doesn't like harm us, but it's definitely harder for us to be as successful as those groups. And I think that kind of like not to get like about the scores cause scores don't matter. But I think that's, <laughs> Uh, I think that's like part of why that happens. And I think having more volunteers would lead to a more positive experience for everyone involved. So many hands and all that. Yeah. Becca, you got anything you want to close this out with? Yeah, I would say uh, volunteering. I know for me, I've been with Crown for nine years. Um, it's it's really been an, an incredible and I would even say like a magical experience. Um, people are going to come and go, but then you're going to find these people um, who just really love coming like we've had the same people from the 90s from the early 2000s from 2009 who just really love volunteering and it's it's really amazing to like really help these kids you know like, like when they're on tour they're missing their family um like i got to know the kids really well because i've been around crown for so long um i was actually very lucky because i won team crown of the year award for two years in a row um but i think a lot of that was just getting to know the kids and just being there for them whether it's, you know, you do something fun for them, whether it's, you know, Cinco de Mayo bar, you, you know, you do like a full bar, uh, like a true, like a full Mexican bar, and they just, it makes their whole day, you know, just makes them take their mind off of what's going on. Um, but, you know, volunteering is like, it, you truly find a family bond. And I'm very lucky with like, with my team crown family that um, we actually travel to see each other. Like we're a family, not, you know, inside the food truck, but also outside the food truck. So um, that's something that I'm incredibly grateful for. And, you know, it's, it, it really is a wonderful experience and, um, I recommend it to anybody. So. Before we wrap up, uh, for good, I just wanted to take a second to talk about Lori, you brought to our attention, the, uh, uh, food pantry, uh, fundraiser that Pacific Crest is doing. Uh, yes. Could you talk a, a little bit about what that is and, uh, how to support? Sure. On uh, August 15th from 5 to 6 Pacific time, uh, Marching Blogs has an all-star drum line. And it's, uh, it's a program that Pacific Crest Youth Organization has in conjunction with the City of Industry. And uh, the, the uh, funds that are raised through this uh, web uh, fundraiser is going to go to the La Puente Outreach uh, Food Pantry. 
And so, you know, right now during with a lot of the schools out and a lot of the, the homes uh, needing food and needing different different supplies and stuff, it's just something that's needed within the in the community, within our cities and state in the world. Yeah. I know Crown has I, re- I wish we had more information about it uh, has a. Uh, something in the fans raise on Tuesday. Uh, so if you guys want to go check involving that, I know they're trying to raise, I believe it's $30,000. Um, mm-hmm. They've been kind of pushing for that. And like uh, August 11th is Crown's big push. And uh, is Cascades doing anything right now? Um, I don't, I can't think of anything specific, but you know, like we could always support, like always use the, use the donations and stuff. Yeah. I know my birthday was a couple of weeks ago and I did the Facebook fundraiser. So that's been a good way I've seen other people do that too. Um, so yeah, Cascades could get, get that get that bread. Don't forget, any donation is a tax write-off. Which... Yeah, there are actually uh, some more Crown uh, fundraisers that are going on. So uh, there's a golf tournament in, in October. There's no specific date yet. Um, there's another. There's a casino night that we're doing uh, November 14th. There's going to be. We just had one big auction. Uh, there's another one that's going to be coming up pretty soon. So um, look out, look out for advertisements for the golf tournament in October and for the auction that's going to be released, I believe, sometime next week. And anytime that you want to donate to Crown, you can just go to carolinacrown.org and you can find a donation, um, like a donation tab that you can donate to at any time. Actually, it seems uh, Brian Smith, I think I'm waiting for him to do another comment. Uh, it looks like Cascades is doing the Running the Image, the Future campaign. Imagine the Future Imagine the future campaign. Uh, do you know about what anything about that, Kira? Not specifics. <laughs> okay. Um, I yeah, should, but I, but I yeah, I guess generally just follow all your uh, favorite drum course social media. Stay up to date on uh, what they're doing. And even your not favorite ones. Just yeah, it, and your second favorites, third favorites, tenth favorites. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's very much a time that like, and I know like I don't say this to be upset. But like, or to be depressing, but like, it's really sketchy in the air whether we're gonna have WGI next year, and then like whether we're gonna have DCI next year existing as the current model, or like, what's gonna happen just in general, because it's it's just in the air, and so a lot of these organizations that we want to exist, we're gonna have to actually start helping them out in a lot of ways. Um, it's, it's, and we can't be pro, uh, we can't be like inactive. Um, I, for the record, I'm going to, uh, just toss in the comment section of the cast, what Brian just sent me for the, from the cascade. So thank you, Brian. Um, so you guys can go read that information. Actually, I just commented something he literally just posted. So it's now the links in there twice because we're super <laughs> on top of things, but back to what I was saying of like, we don't know if drum corps is going to exist in the future. We don't know if D well, we know drum corps will be there, but we don't know if DCI will be there. And we have less than 40 cores currently active in DCI. I don't know if we even have 20 going into 2021 and 22 because it's going to be really hard because it's around the time that stuff came out. Um, we cores have already purchased instruments and a lot of times they use that to sell to organizations. But with BOA canceled, Drum Corps just lost one of its ad revenue. You know, this was also the first year, the first quarter in 20 years, Disney didn't make a profit. So, like, it's not just affecting that. Yeah, and Disney, they couldn't make any movies, theme parks, sports, or the other thing that they do. And so, like, Disney is currently hemorrhaging money. So the entertainment, the arts, we're not, we don't have a ton of money lying around. So everyone do the best that you can to um, 
just go help out and support them. I, I really want this activity to exist and keep going because I really want to like see it in the future. So when we start these volunteer things, we really, and these um, donation stuff, we really hope you guys are actually participating and aren't just like saying, oh, I'll do it. Dude, if 23 people in this call tonight just gave 10 bucks to somebody, that's a uniform for next year. Or yeah. that's a whole meal, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's a meal that the drum at the core can now save or like a tax write-off to help crown Cascades, Pacific Crest, Scouts, Cadets, Cadets too if they ever come back, um, you know, or anything like that to like help our organizations that we love keep going. So I just wanted to add that little tidbit. Uh, Kira, thank you so much for having your mom come on. Yeah, uh, that was really yeah, love surprise guests. That was wholesome. <laughs> so I guess uh, I'll toss it to Gareth and then uh, he'll close this out. Yeah, I guess just my final things. Uh, if when Drum Corps ever comes back, uh, make sure you're uh, washing your hands or using hand sanitizer before every meal. Wear a mask. Uh, wash your jug. <laughs> Stay safe and healthy, and perhaps most importantly. Say thank you to all all your volunteers at every single drum corps camp or uh, every single day that you're on tour. Um, thank those people that are are working so hard for for you to be able to perform your best um, and to do this thing that we love. Um, so <laughs> thank you all for uh, coming on the drum corps podcast and, and thank you all to the people in the chat who are watching live and. Uh, interacting and uh have a box five finals weekend everybody and, uh, Woo! Okay. See you next time. Ask so i can be banned <laughs> <laughs>